Well, good morning. Welcome to Tomoka. This is the day the Lord has made. I will. I'm sorry, I didn't get it. This is the day the Lord has made. I will. So I've been preaching at you since about four o'clock this morning. <laughs> I've got about a four hour sermon. I'm going to try to condense down to two hours. That'll be all right with everybody. Who said amen? Oh, all right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, excuse me just for a second. Good morning. If you're watching online, and I know you are, I want to say welcome to Tuesday at Tomoka. I know my friends in the Philippines are watching. Some of my friends there, pastors, and my friends there. And uh, if you're local, you ought to be here. And we've got some of the best cooks in Volusia County that right now are fixing lunch for all of us that are here. And uh, we have just a few seats for you. So uh, I hope next Tuesday you'll try to be here. How's that sound? Um, and uh, next week, Pastor, Pastor, your pastor, Pastor Cliff, will be back. And uh, we're looking forward uh, to him being back with us. As most of you know, he's been in Egypt. And uh, today, Kathy, his wife, is having surgery. So we want to be uh, sure and, uh, and and pray for her as she has surgery today. So I'm very excited to be here today. And um, in preparation for my message, I've been a bit of a struggle. Oh, come on, you've got to be able to read that. I've been working on this all week, and I've got nothing for you. Well, I thought that was better than trying to do a Joe joke on Tuesday at Tomoka. <laughs> Apparently, I should have come up with something that, uh, that was a little better than that. Well, as you know, for the last several, several weeks, we've been working in the book of Mark. And uh, Mark, is a, Mark is a very, very good author, isn't he? Um, and he's a preacher's author. Uh, a few weeks ago when I spoke, I think I mentioned that. A preacher ought to be able to preach out of the book of Mark, just simply because he has short stories and, uh, and we can get into it. And I'm very, very fortunate. I'm really fortunate this morning with a passage that I want to use. And uh, and here's the reason. Let's take a look at Mark for just a minute. And I know Cliff has done a great job. But the first part of the book of Mark, he is telling us that God is alive. And Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is God's only son. And so the first half of the book of Mark that we have covered, covers that. Are you with me? In the book of John, it starts, uh, John 1, 1. In the beginning was the, the word was with God and the word, and the same was in the beginning with God. Mark follows that same theme. In fact, in the book of John, at one point, Jesus says, I've come, I've given you all of this proof, all of this proof of who I am, and yet you still don't believe in me. And in Mark, it's kind of 
the same story. Last week, uh, Pastor Holmes, Chad, did such a great job, right, with the blind man, the healing of the blind man. An example of the power that Jesus had as God's only son. We covered a couple weeks ago uh, the feeding of the 4,000. Are you with me? And over and over again, we saw the first half of the book of Mark, all of the things that Jesus did to say to you and I, I am God's son sent by God to redeem the world. Everybody with me? Right? And the whole thesis of that, the whole plan of that is to prove to mankind that God would send his one and only son to bring salvation to us, mankind. In fact, to John, he turns water to, right? The miracles, the healing and so forth. It's all about that. Well, we pick up the second half of the book of Mark and we have a whole different theme coming from this is what I'm trying to prove to you and let's see what the results of that are. Uh, the results are, yes. Let's see what the results of that are. And so we want to read this morning from Mark, the eighth chapter, and we're going to begin with the 27th verse. Said Jesus and his disciples went to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. On the way, he asked them, who do people say that I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist. We all know about John the Baptist, right? Others say Elijah. And still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, Greg? What about you? Who do you say that I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah. There's quite a bit here to, um, to go to, to give us background to where Jesus is at. First of all, Jesus is a great strategist. And it's not by accident that to go into Caesarea Philippi when Jesus asked the question, who do they say I am? And who do you say I am? You see, Caesarea Philippi was the home of gods and idols. And Jesus is on his way to Caesarea Philippi as the Messiah sent by God. And the question is, who do people say I am? And who do you say I am? And so the first question, though, is asked by the Pharisees and Sadducees. They were the church, right? Let me ask you a question. Don't you get a little bit tired of religion? I mean, the Pharisees and Sadducees, the religious leaders of their time, right? And the Pharisees and Sadducees asked the question, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Well, in Caesarea Philippi, they want him to be Caesar. They build a temple 
Herod the Great builds a temple to Caesar because they want him to be God. The god Pan was at Caesarea Philippi. Zeus was there and other idols and so forth. Folks, it's not too different today, is it? I mean, religious leaders, to be honest with you, will tell you anything. I get tired of hearing that this book right here isn't really God's word. That some parts of it are inspired by God, but some parts of it we need to interpret. I get tired of hearing religious leaders who are going to tell you that Jesus wasn't really born of a Virgin Mary. I know what's in there, and it's a great story, but the truth of the matter is he wasn't born of a Virgin Mary. He didn't really die on a cross. And the principles that you and I forever, forever live by are not questioned by the world as much as they're being questioned today by religious leaders. It's not really any different. The gods of that time wanted the attention of the people, wanted to offer the people what they were looking for and what they needed. And religious leaders today are doing the same thing. Let me tell you something. Jesus came to save the world. He came to offer eternal life. He gave us the inerrant word of God that you and I can follow. We can live by this book right here and it will change our lives. Right now, religious leaders have taken captive one of the friends of Tomoka. He is beaten. He is bruised. He may, in fact, be dead if we didn't give his captors thousands and thousands of dollars. Religious, religious leaders are going to kill him today or they're threatening to kill him today. Jesus had something to say to the Pharisees and Sadducees, didn't he? He says, you're a bunch of snakes, vipers. Folks, it's high time that the church of Jesus Christ stood up and said, we believe that Jesus was born of a Virgin Mary. We believe that Jesus changes lives. We believe that he died and he rose again, that we could have eternal life. It's high time that you and I got off of our comfort seats and stepped out again and told the world that there is an answer. There is an answer. There is an answer. And his name is Jesus Christ. Don't you get tired of all this Mickey Mouse things in the name of Christianity and the name of religion. Don't you just get sick of it 
And you want to say to people, Jesus is the answer for your life. Come, let me introduce you to him. He will change you. He will change you. He will fix your marriage. He will heal you. He will provide food when you're hungry. I don't know why churches can't accept that at face value. When I speak to the Holy Spirit, when I pray, I feel the presence of God in my life. Are you aware that Sunday, 29 people were baptized onto Jesus at the beach at Tomoka Christian Church? Lives that were changed, not because of religion, but because Christians believe that Jesus can fix things and he can change lives. And the Pharisees are asking the question, who do they say that he is? Who is this guy? And the conclusion was he's the devil. Sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? I pray that we have a church here at Tomoka that isn't afraid to stand up for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, I am so thankful for the leadership of this church that is willing to stand up. We have a lead minister that is willing to stand up and say sin is wrong. And Jesus has the answer. Somebody ought to say amen right now. And then Jesus asked the question, who do they say that I am? And the disciples say, well, some say that you're John the Baptist. And we know the story of Jesus and John the Baptist and the baptism in the Jordan River. Some of you probably have been baptized in the Jordan River. But listen, Jesus isn't John the Baptist. He's not John the Baptist. And others said, he's Elijah. Elijah, because Elijah did miracles. He must be Elijah. Now listen, he's not Elijah. Elijah. Elijah died. Jesus hasn't died. He's alive and well. They said, maybe he's one of the other prophets. All of those prophets are gone. I have to tell you, church, you probably knew it, but Muhammad is not alive anymore. Buddha is not alive anymore. The Hindu gods, they're not alive. They're not alive. My God, my Jesus, my Savior is alive and well. And his Holy Spirit moves inside of our hearts. He moves inside of our hearts. And he changes us. And he changes us. And then Jesus asks the key question. He says, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? Peter says, you are the Messiah, the anointed one. Let's talk about Peter for just a minute. You and I may be a little like Peter. Peter had his day, didn't he? Matthew says this about that encounter. 
in Matthew, the 16th chapter, says, Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades of hell will not overcome it. If you don't mind, when I was a little kid, Billy Graham was just coming on the scene. And I loved Billy Graham. And we had 80 acres of land where I lived. <laughs> so as an eight, nine-year-old kid, I used to go out behind our house. And my grandfather had planted Scotch pine Christmas trees. Anybody know what that is? Christmas trees, right? Bunch of the Christmas trees, probably 500 Scotch pine. Grandpa sold Christmas trees. I think day after day, but for a long time, when I was eight, nine, ten years old, my name was Billy Graham. Thank you very much. Listen, I saved those Christmas trees over and over and over again. Some of those trees in our backyard, on the back 80 where I lived, they needed to be saved over and over again. Jesus, to me, was the Savior of the world. That's all I knew was this, Jesus, Savior of the world. I can see Simon Peter in his heyday when things are going well. Simon Peter following my path or me following his path back and forth in front of those Christmas trees. When things were good for Peter, they were really, really good. When things were good for me, I'd see a 100 or 200 people saved the same day out there behind my grandfather's farm. And just like Peter, when things weren't going so well, I was pretty much a mess. Do any of you relate to that? Right? Jesus is going to wash the feet of his disciples to demonstrate being a servant to them. You remember the story? And he goes from one disciple to another disciple to another disciple. And he gets to Simon Peter. And Simon Peter said, whoa, just a minute. You are not washing my feet. Hmm. Does that sound like you and me? Huh? Lord, you can do anything with you, me that you want. You just ain't washing my feet. And Jesus says, what? Oh, yes, I am. Simon Peter, if you're going to be with me, I am washing your feet. And Simon Peter, like you and I, says, okay, Lord, why don't you just do the whole thing? I need a good, he probably did too. I need a good bath anyway. Just go ahead and drown me. Does that sound like some of us? Not long after that, right? Simon Peter says, Lord, Lord. I will never deny you. I'm never going to deny you. Nothing could happen that would make me deny you. And three times, including a little girl, says, 
You're one of his followers. You're one of his disciples. And Simon Peter, like you and me sometimes, right? Says, I don't know him. Not Peter's best day. I don't know him. I don't know him. Well, we can't leave him there. Jesus is crucified, raised from the dead, comes back to his disciples, right? Who, by the way, have gone fishing. They are down at the Ormond Beach Pier fishing. Jesus says, Simon, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. History probably doesn't follow that up very well. Second time, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. And the third time, Peter, will you just be my friend? Go feed my sheep. Does that sound familiar? Folks, I have to tell you, that's my life. I hate to admit it, but that's my life. Over and over, some really, really pretty good times, some really, really not very good times. And then on the day of Pentecost, I think Peter must have woke up that morning and go, Whoa, I'm feeling the Holy Spirit on me today. I'm going to preach the greatest sermon that's ever been preached. God is going to use me. Broken, struggling, good days, bad days, Peter. Not the day of Pentecost. Thousands accepted Christ. The church goes out to the whole world. Away from Judea. Away from Samaria. To the whole world. Because of a sermon delivered by a broken man. Peter knew who Jesus was. And on the day of Pentecost, he told other people who Jesus was. So the question is, who is the Messiah to you? Who is the anointed one to you today? I've got a friend, one of my best friends, I asked him if I could tell his story because I wasn't sure if, if I should or not. And he said to go for it. But I want to, I want to tell you about my friend because I think maybe you'll relate to him. First of all, the guy is a mess. I just want you to know up front. And yes, if you're watching, I just said it, but he is. Are you ready? He doesn't know the rules of being a Christian. Rule number 64 is you can't smoke and be a Christian. And the guy spends about half his time in a cigar bar. He doesn't get it. He doesn't understand. You just can't do that. On top of that... He will sit in a bar drinking probably liquor, God forbid, and tell people about Jesus. Now, anybody knows that rule number 199 is no drinking. And if you drink, hide it. 
And for goodness sakes, don't drink and tell people about Jesus. Right? Not very long ago, my friend had a heart attack. Found himself in a hospital. Thought he was going to die. Jesus had other plans for my friend. Came out of the hospital a changed man. And God started speaking to him. Any of you relate to that? Boy, I do. God started speaking to him. Talking to him. The Holy Spirit is moving in his life. And he still doesn't know the rules. He doesn't know all these things that you cannot do and be a Christian. He's not smart enough. He hasn't read enough to know that real Christians don't do that. But God starts speaking to him through his Holy Spirit. Next thing you know, we're on a mission trip. To the Dominican Republic. And God is speaking to my friend. God must have been confused. I don't know. But God is speaking to my friend. He should have spoken to me. I'm the good Christian. (laughs) What was he thinking? The whole time. God is speaking to my friend. And we go to a church that Tomoka has been so involved with for eight or nine or ten years. I mean, we helped build that church. We bought a van for that church. We've been so involved in that church. And, and my friend says, are you ready for this? I mean, it can't happen because this guy, he doesn't know the rules. Says, I think we ought to build a children's center at this church. And he's walking around the church and he's, he's saying, I think I could go right here and we'll teach him English and, and, and we'll teach him music and we'll teach him Bible. Well, anybody knows it can't be from God because he doesn't know the rules. Right? We got back last night from the Dominican Republic. That children's center, I can't tell you this. This is a secret. Can't leave this room. The Joe Pudding Children's Center in Sasua, Dominican Republic is just about finished. I mean, go figure. And, and... Our church and our children's center has a baseball team with about 60 kids in it that we saw on Saturday. They just won the league championship. Go figure. By the way, it was, it was really funny. The team they played had full uniforms. We, we got, Tomoka, we got to get these kids uniforms, right? I don't know when we're going to do it, but we got to do it. They look like the bad news bears out there against these professional baseball players. But the final score was six to one, and the good guys won. A 
Listen to me this morning. To my friend, all he knew, all he knew but his, was that his life was a mess. His life was a dead end. That's all he knew. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? My friend said, you're my savior. You're my rescuer. You're the one that is saving me. Not just so that I will go to heaven someday, but so that my life will be different. Wow. Wow. Revolutionary to a lot of good Christians. But not to our Lord and Savior. A few years ago, I was on a mission trip with uh, Joe's daughter, Leah. And uh, we got, a, got away. We were in uh, Northwest Haiti Christian Mission. Some of you maybe have been there. We were associated with them for years and years. Slept in a tent on top of the mission and listened to the voodoo drums all night. But drove my wife crazy. And, and when the guard came with, a, with AK-47 on the roof in the middle of the night, that really drove her crazy. But bottom line is, one day we got away from the mission... And we were going to huts. You can guess the circumstances. Huts is probably a kind word for the, where those people lived. But we were going hut to hut, just praying with people. And we went to a hut, and the lady said, my daughter, uh, my sister is in really bad shape. Would you pray with her? And so we went back to where the sister was at. And the sister came out. Someone went and got the sister. By the way, the guard that was with us had one of those AK-47s down his back. Our interpreter did. Somebody went and got the lady. and, And she came out of one of those huts. She was all broken and crippled. And I said to her, would it be okay if I prayed with you? And she took off. She ran. And I said to the interpreter, tell her, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. I don't have to pray with you. He said, she'll be back. About five minutes later, she came back. She had on a white skirt and a white blouse. She didn't care who was there. She needed a healer. She needed a healer. She needed a healer. And she believed that a prayer would bring the healer. Who do you say that I am to her Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one, was the healer for her. And so we just simply prayed for her. One of the ladies in the group with me just prayed with her as she's on the ground with her head bowed before God.
Who do you say that he is? Four or five years ago, we were doing a beach baptism. By the way, we baptized 29, I told you that. I can almost guarantee you that four or five or six or seven of those 29 didn't plan on being baptized. I I don't know if we've ever done a baptism over there where somebody hasn't walked up and said, would you baptize me? And so we were doing a beach baptism and we came up out of the water and an elderly lady walked up to me, probably in her... Well, I'm elderly. I'm 79. So I'm... I'm going to make her older than me. Is that okay? And in, in preacher language, she was 107. No, not really. She was, she was probably, but she was elderly. Trust me. But she was probably in her low 80s. She walks up and she says, I need to be baptized. Well, everybody knows that if you're 60 or older, you cannot become a Christian. Right? I mean, that's your age limit on finding Christ. Oh, you're 61, you're out. I don't know which rule that is. That's probably 31 or 32. I don't know which rule that is, but it's just everybody knows that. If you don't accept Christ by the time you're 60, it's just too late. And I'm being, you know, I'm being, trying to be funny, maybe not. Anyway. So she comes up and she says, I want to be baptized. And so Cord and I went down in the water with that lady. We told her about Jesus. Do you believe that Jesus is God's only son? Will you accept him as your Lord and Savior? She said, yes. She was baptized. Down in the water. And we're walking out and she says, are you ready? She says, don't tell my kids. They thought I was already saved. What a tragedy it would be if she didn't know Jesus, the Messiah, the anointed one who has come to save the world and bring salvation to needy people like you and like me and like her. So who do you, who do you say that Jesus is this morning? Is he your strength? Is he your power? Is he your healer? Is he your provider? Is he the reason that you wake up in the morning and say, this is a day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And I'm going to tell five people. That's rule number four. Listen, if you're watching online today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, he wants to be your Savior.
He wants to be your Messiah. He wants to be the anointed one in your life that will make your life worth living. He came to provide salvation to broken men and women just like you and me. And I want to tell you, he's here in this place this morning. And he may be here just for you. Folks, if there's any of you that have walked in this church house this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, as your Messiah, as your anointed one, I want to invite you today to come to him and allow him to fulfill your life. So the question is, who do you Say that he is. Let's pray together. Wow. The God of the universe steps into places like Tomoka Christian Church. Your Holy Spirit is here in our hearts and life. And Father, my prayer this morning is for that one person that may be watching online or that one person in this building that doesn't know who you are. Father, be the Savior, be the Messiah, be the anointed one to all of us today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.